Look at my butt. Show number 283 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Hey, listeners, we are back. It's the post-election special. I know. We were just talking about (laughs) how huge weights have been lifted from all of us, this whole country. But I got to say the most amazing thing. You know, there were people dancing in the streets here in Washington and everywhere. But when they were showing the people celebrating all around the world, mm-hmm. and then the bells ringing in Paris. Uh, yes, it was It was lovely. Oh, it was so beautiful and amazing. And somebody said, they don't ring the bells in Paris for just anything, you know. <laughs> it was amusing to me that the commentators in the U.S. were saying, oh, they're setting off fireworks in England to to celebrate. Yes. And then all the English people were saying, well, actually, it's Guy Fawkes Day, so no, they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. So it was, you know, they were happy and all that, but the fireworks weren't just weren't for, for us. us. But the bells yeah. in Paris and they were the people, you know, running out everywhere to dance in the street and... Mm-hmm. You know, oh, the people in Washington, you know, who were right there in front of the White House and the whole thing. It was was too great. Yep. Yeah. I think my favorite thing that I saw, though, on Facebook about the whole thing was, um, don't be so awful that the whole world celebrates when you lose your job. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. It was the whole world, pretty much. I don't know anybody who wasn't celebrating. Well, I know a few, but, you know... It was, oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. So with that, we're entering into a period of not being so stressed out and being able to really enjoy the things that we love. And one of those is Star Trek, oh, of, of course. course. And then talking about Star Trek. So we have so much new stuff to talk about, including some really interesting Bill things, yes. which we think you will all be very, very excited to hear about. But first, let's catch up on a little bit of Discovery, because Discovery goes on and i feel like this season is just so good it's i am so really really liking it than the other two mm-hmm. i mean like you know yards and yards and yards better you know they just yeah. uh they've made it about the people and how they're mm-hmm. dealing with the situations they're in and uh it, and it also we're we're finally getting a chance to get a little involvement with the rest of the crew Yes, I really like that they're making it much more of an ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. And I, every time I think about it being season three and they've kind of hit their stride, I, I then go, you know, it took TNG at least four seasons to get any good at all. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. Yeah. I can I can live with that. And I, I feel like Discovery Now is also getting a little more episodic. A there are clearly... Bit, yeah through lines that are happening and there's an overarching plot but I like that these episodes are resolved Uh you know there's a beginning a middle and an end and we all know it's happening Mm -hmm. and and not every episode ends with a huge cliffhanger like it did in the other um, seasons yes so Uh, yes go ahead well I was just gonna say I gotta say I love Seru as the captain oh he's great so glad to finally have an alien captain mm-hmm, you know the, mm-hmm. uh, the main you know we've seen other ships mostly alien ships that had alien <laughs> captains but to see him as the captain of the the main thing that's great and I also love that I don't really feel like we were seeing this as much or at all in the earlier seasons but I feel like 
we are now watching Michael grow into mm. being the officer she's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And being Agreed. the person she's supposed to be. And starting to learn a little bit about putting the personal and the professional in some sort of balance. That's a really interesting arc to me. Mm-hmm. I, I love that all the characters are really growing into their roles mm-hmm. and, and doing it in a an obvious way. You know, there, there's something about it where I really like them questioning what's going on and taking advice and, and altering their paths. When Saru is saying, he's sitting there and he's going, Pike made it look so easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. 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 He did. That's true. That's... And and it's, you know, it, he didn't fall into it just straight out of the academy, right? It took him a long time to learn how to do it. And you saw him when he had mastered that skill. Yes. So now you have to go on that path and, and Burnham learning how to be it and taking correction from Saru mm-hmm. who's telling her, I need you to be more like this yep. and to not shoot your mouth off so much. Mm-hmm. and. And then the the engineering crew all learning to work together, even though they hate each other, sort of. I love very amusing that whole scene where the in, in the last episode, the, um, where the the person from what's now the Federation was sort of supposed mm-hmm. to be observing and overseeing them, and the dialogue there about, oh. well, you seem to do quite well, even though you're dysfunctional. Dysfunctional <laughs> is part of the team. We've learned to live with it. No, we haven't. You know, it's just bam, 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 bam. And I thought, yeah, mm-hmm. and. That, you know, bringing in that humor that is based in these relationships, mm-hmm. that really felt original series to me. Definitely. It was great. And I love the the Helm folks learning how to work together more mm-hmm. and supporting each other and just doing a kick-ass job yep. of navigating. That it's PTSD, so good. PTSD episode where they yeah. set it up for them all to have dinner, mm-hmm. that was I, I hesitate to say amazing because I use that word too much, but that was <laughs> really good. And to see this episodic show that is not a drama about people, um, you know, like coming back from war or something, but acknowledging, because I think a lot of us feel like we've got PTSD, mm-hmm, you know, from mm-hmm. all that's been going on. And to, to see them trying to work through that and Saru as their captain and a new captain mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to, to make this happen. It, it was really touching. I love that Dr. Culber is now like in charge of a lot of things, right? He's he more has proactive. Gotten, yeah. He, he is. And he's so much more self-possessed and, really has a confidence that you didn't see him have before mm-hmm. like when he strides onto the bridge and he says who needs what you know yeah. <laughs> like he's 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 really doing what he needs to do and i i just love it i think the writing for all of the characters is just so good yes it has really just gotten so much better and then, you know now i actually look forward to every episode and i have to say georgiou continues to be such a delight <laughs> she makes me laugh every time when she was blinking oh to... it was great and it was like why are you doing that and then when she explained you know if you do it at a certain frequency it blows the AIs away. I was like, oh, I never knew that. What a what a good trick. <laughs> it was. So it, it's there were uh, some plot things that are obviously uh, going to be explored yes. a lot more. Yes. Um, for for people who haven't been watching, like I'm just assuming everybody who's listening to this has been watching. So you know, 
they're all there. They're in the future. It's 900 years. They finally figure out where the Federation is, the headquarters, and they go there. And now they have to earn the trust of the new Federation because, mm-hmm. you know, honestly, the, the new Federation has no idea who these guys are. They show up in an ancient starship and they're saying, yeah, we time traveled and and, the, the they, and Admiral... it was intentional that there was no record of them. Right. And the Admiral's like, sure, I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Well, can we talk about this later? Because I don't really trust you guys. Yeah. So um, and I thought it was all very, very reasonable and well done. And to find out how Georgiou fits into this now, we're, we're learning is something else. So Yeah, that, there was a huge left turn for her yes there really was so the two the two things about that most recent episode that i really loved were her in so all of the discovery crew gets interrogated as you do to find out what they know the crew interrogations i felt like the writers heard our conversation from a couple of shows ago (laughs) where we were saying you know what does starfleet do when they get kirk's reports do they just go he's making shit up because (laughs) That was clearly what was happening as the, they're all like babbling about the things that they've happened and done as if this is normal. And the interrogators, the AI people are like, what? Right. What are you talking about? What? A, a sentient sphere? What? It was so good. And it was, was it so um, very good. Non, who just yes. kept giving her serial number and name. Yes. And then she said, put me in the brig, AI. That's right. You know? <laughs> It was classic name, rank, and serial number. Yes. That's all she wanted to give. So that was delightful mm-hmm. just to hear them do it. And and then Georgiou gets her own interrogation with some AI that she manages to break yes. immediately. And then she ends up talking to a guy. Now, did you recognize the actor? Um, I had read, so I, I knew that was him. Oh. But um, when I had read his name, I, I went, oh, yeah, he's that director. But, yeah. you know, him appearing like that he's not a face I recognize he has a very distinctive look David Cronenberg yes and like why I didn't read about why he was on the show I don't know if he's a fan or they just knew him or I don't either and after the show as you know that's when I go back and read these articles that Mm -hmm. you know are filled with spoilers and you know they all mentioned him being there and everything but there was no why how did they get him or did he say can I come in and do something what yeah are we gonna see more of him I don't know it was strange so I think that he's section 31 in the future right Mm, that would make sense yeah because he knew all about her and about the Terran Empire yeah and he he said something like the last crossover was more than 200 years ago I think it was more like 500 500 okay so there were multiple crossings and we knew some of them had happened in um, Deep Space Nine because that was part of what happened in there but that just opened up a whole new avenue and then clearly there was something going on she took his badge and she crushed it because she wanted to see what was inside of it Mm -hmm. and that didn't get explained and then they just kind of left things hanging and then later we saw her in sort of a um I don't know what you want to call it, like a daze on on Discovery, right? Uh, there, there, there's a word for that, and it just went right out of my head. But she was, a reverie. I don't know. She was it standing was more there than a reverie because she was very disturbed. Yeah, you know. yeah, and that that was not explained. Yeah. So clearly, there's something going on there. Um, you know, did he hypnotize her? Did he do something to her, or is she just thinking yeah. about well what she's gonna do? Um. For people who have not seen this 
The actor we're talking about is the director, David Cronenberg. Just thought yeah. I'd throw that in. But here's <laughs> what I think is going to happen with Georgia. Um, at some point, she is going to steal a vehicle, <laughs> a space vehicle, Grand Theft uh-huh. space vehicle, and um, find some way to cross over to the mirror universe to see what the oh. hell is going on over there. Oh, that's a really good idea. Well, they open yeah. this can of beans, and since mm-hmm. there hasn't been a crossover in 500 years or something, she's, she's, she, I, I could see her. How could this huge empire that mm-hmm. she contributed to building, and she was emperor of, how did that fall apart? Well, she wasn't counting on James T. Kirk influencing at the Spock in oh, the Oh, that's what universe. I am just dying for. <laughs> yeah, so is that going to get discussed at some point? I don't know. Oh, so that was all extremely intriguing, but I, I'm pretty convinced that he is Section 31 or the, the future equivalent of that because he knew way, way more than he should have about all mm-hmm. that stuff. He could also be a fellow time traveler yes that i thought about that also mm-hmm. he could also be from the mirror universe himself and that's true yeah let's so see if we see him putting in eye drops because that <laughs> that's the big giveaway is that that's space the <laughs> oh so but she as a character is just so wonderful mm-hmm. she just is able to undercut any pomposity that's happening and beating people up and shooting them. And I don't know. There's just something so delightful about her being completely uninhibited about doing what she wants to do mm-hmm. that I love. I love it so much. Yeah. Yep. It has really, really just taken off. Yeah. So I want to talk about the episode before that because they've introduced a, a new new character mm-hmm. um, who is a trill. Well, no, she's human, yeah. but she has a trill symbiont. Mm-hmm. And episode three was three, four, I don't know, um, was all about them going back to the Trill homeworld to kind of figure out what's happening. Mm-hmm. And um, I I have really had an affection for the, the whole concept of the Trill in Star Trek, mm-hmm. Dis- despite the fact that um, the first episode that featured the Trill, which was a TNG episode, it was on the other night. It's a piece of shit. It's so bad. It I was going to say, just... what episode is it? But now that you're saying it's a piece of shit, I don't care. <laughs> don't watch it. It's really bad. I think it's called The Host. Oh, and okay. it the whole plot was that it's a guy and he's on the Enterprise and Beverly is having a, an oh, yeah. affair with him. Yeah, and then he gets injured and then they have to take the trill and put it into Riker temporarily while they wait for the new host to show up. Mm-hmm. and. Um, it doesn't do well in humans, which apparently they've solved in the future because it doesn't seem to be a problem now. Well, do we know uh, she's 100% human? No, they haven't said it, but they mentioned she was, I'm putting it in quotes, human, maybe not 100%. I, I don't know. Well, and maybe, maybe it doesn't do well in adult humans. Also possible. That is, that's a really good point. Yeah, it could be. The rest of the TNG episode. <laughs> I forgot this part of it, but, you know, they put the trill into Riker because he has to do some important negotiations with some planet or something mm-hmm. like that. And um, eventually the new trill host shows up and they put the symbiont into her and it's a woman. And then it's this big deal like, oh, no, Beverly, it's a woman. Are you going to be able to love her? And to their credit, the writers did not go with homophobia, right. which was really nice. Right. Yeah. They went with, um, I can't. 
I can't be with you because this changes too fast. And I, I, you know, when are you going to change into somebody else? And I can't keep up with right. you. Right. And Which doesn't she reasonable. say something like, I'm simply not that way or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Yeah. Because I yeah, remember that good. much of that episode. So kudos to them for doing that. Yeah. But the icky part about it was that because the trill is in Riker, mm-hmm. she ends up fucking Riker. Oh, God. Because I'd she was in love with that. Oh, God. <laughs> and I was watching it going, no, that would not happen. Beverly wouldn't do that. Yeah. No. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. And then there are some very cringy scenes of her and Troy in the ship salon getting their nails done. <laughs> oh, no. Which, was, yeah, it's just like, oh, come on, really? <laughs> you know what that reminds <sighs> me of? Years hmm. ago, I was probably, you know, in college or, or right out of college, I was reading an article and it was, you know, about how women were really coming into the workforce in large numbers and what this is going to change. And one of the things the article said was, I think uh, women are not going to have the time to, you know, go to the salon once a week and, and do all this hair stuff every morning. So I think they're all going to wear wigs. <laughs> and even then I thought or maybe they'll stop having such fussy hairdos <laughs> yeah. wow wow well it certainly worked out that way for some of the women on the Enterprise yes, because it certainly did. Rand was clearly wearing a wig uh-huh. uh, but anyway so anyway to get back to that yes, it's sorry. a stupid episode of TNG let's forget about it but the way they dealt with the trills in uh, DS9 was great it was it was really well done and I think the reason that I like I liked it then and then I like it now is that for me it's very much parallel to the doctor in Doctor Who mm. right it's it's that you're the same person but you're not because you've had all these past lives but yet you bring some of each life with you as you move forward into the future and there's something about that that I personally find very appealing well and I think with the doctor now that you know I've seen a couple regenerations um something else happens with regenerating because it you know the doctor let's say it's he's been the doctor now for three years right mm-hmm. if and he's he knows the whole history of himself now, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if all he it's basically like if all he's doing is putting on a new suit, his whole personality should not change. Mm-hmm. So something else goes on with regeneration. Yeah, yeah, it does. It really does. They it's a new person, mm-hmm. but yet they they retain yes. all of the the stuff that they've gotten before, and it's the same with the troll. Mm-hmm. And, and I like that. I think it's good. And I felt like this episode where they have Adira who's the human character, get back in touch with her, her symbiont by going to the Trill homeworld. Mm-hmm. And it's very trippy. <laughs> it's yeah. very trippy. Um, and then sort of meeting in person all the other people that she's been, it really made me tear up. You know, there was something about it that just felt so like this is the way it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. And she didn't have it for so long. And now she's back together with her family, her inner family, right. all these people that, that accept her and she accepts them and they love her and she loves them. And, and now she's complete. And that just felt so good. It was so unspoiled and, um, you know, happy in a way that Star Trek and science fiction isn't always like, you know, you could take a happy scene, but then there would be some flaw in it where, you know, you you couldn't see one of them or there'd be a problem, but it wasn't like that. It was just, it was really well done and it had a happy ending and that made me very happy. Yeah. That was a good scene too. 
Mm -hmm. um, the one thing that, that uh, worries me a little about Adria is when she very first showed up, and we didn't know all this about the trills, um, she's a teenager, she's mm -hmm. a genius. Oh, I know. And I went, oh, <laughs> God, is this super Wesley? So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I don't know. Well, they seem to have shifted away from that pretty quickly. Uh, right, but she is still a teenager, and I can see Michael having to, like, be her mother figure or life mm -hmm. coach or something, and I'm going, I could not be less interested in that aspect. <laughs> yeah, well, it seemed like once she had sort of reintegrated, it it was better. Like, she wasn't a, an annoying teenager anymore. Yes, yes. E even though physically she was very young, she seemed much more self-possessed mm -hmm. and in touch. And I think that will go a long way towards taking her out of the super Wesley category because I had the very same reaction. <laughs> I'm sure you they did. They first brought her on the ship. I was like, no, don't let her be like this. Yeah. I don't care about someone. So it, it's better yep. now. Um, and, and clearly for someone who has lived for perhaps centuries, they can find better things for her to do <laughs> than go, you know, screw around in engineering with the rest of the dysfunctional crew down there. <laughs> so, you know, yep. there's, she's got more important things going That's on. Right. So, Anyway, I, I really, really like that. And, you know, there's something, too, for me emotionally about um, getting to see people again that aren't there, but they are there. Mm -hmm. that, that, to me, feels very, you know, it's it, it really touches me emotionally because, you know, you, wouldn't you want to see people that you knew who aren't alive anymore? Well, of course you would. yeah, and, uh, you know, people from whom there's a certain distance, mm -hmm. Um you know, like if if I were to see my grandparents, it's like okay, now I'm an adult, mm -hmm. and and my my dad too, you know, who who passed when mm -hmm. I was eighteen, and I I continue to feel like cheated out of that mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I got to know my mother as an adult, and we became wonderful friends, but I never got to have that with my dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So it's it's another chance at that, yep. and who who wouldn't want that? So it seems very special and and very much a human want that, of course, we'll never have. Mm -hmm. And and you know, you're very envious that this this amazing thing gets to happen. Yep. So yeah, in in Deep Space Nine, they had a a couple of episodes where um, Jedzia Dax got to interact with her former hosts in in a similar sort of way mm -hmm. and it was really they did it very well where they got to talk to each other and you could see where she'd gotten certain physical mannerisms from like the way she held her hands behind her back oh, and yeah. it, it was really good it was it was very very well done and mm -hmm. and I was super happy that they carried that forward into this and so if they have to be you know stealing from old Trek, that was a good steal. I like that. Well, and the thing is, if you look at it from the character's point of view, anything they encounter that they recognize is a comfort to them. Mm -hmm. Even if it's something they don't quite understand, it's like, oh, a trill. Oh, thank goodness, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Something we know about a little bit, you know. Mm -hmm. We found the Federation, mm -hmm. yay. It's not quite <laughs> our Federation, so, you know. I, I think it's that. I think, you know, that the characters are consciously or unconsciously, like when they visited the tree at Starfleet oh, Academy. Yeah. Oh, yes. my God. Yes. That was very, very good. Mm -hmm. and, and they needed that. 
Uh -huh. And they did it just like a classic Trek pullout, right? In that last shot, they're showing the tree and the garden and Starfleet. And then there's the Golden Gate Bridge. Yep, and yep. just like Star Trek, right? Yep. Like they always have to do it that way. Yep. And that was good. That was I good, that. yep. Yeah. So in general, I am delighted with Discovery. I think it's super interesting and fun. And there's mysteries to explore. There's obviously a lot that they have to do. I'm glad that they didn't make the whole series about finding the Federation. Right. Because that would have been very frustrating. Mm -hmm. But now they've found them and now they get to work together because they've regained the trust right. of they've what, got to, what there is. You know, find their place yeah. in the new Federation. And... Yeah, and help out and do the things that they want to do because they're Starfleet, damn that's, it. That's right. And I loved when... Uh, Saru was explaining to the Admiral about uh, the artist who basically uh, turned the Renaissance on. He flipped right. that switch. <laughs> and I thought that's, that was really good. It was good. It's too bad it's kind of bullshit. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> Star Trek. I know. I And yes, I, I'm like, I'm letting it go. But even as I was watching, I was like, well, the Dark Ages weren't really like that. Yeah, and it wasn't well, just the art that Ellen For the like, benefit okay. of the, the, the mass audience, we're going to yes. go with it. <laughs> we'll go with it. There's there's a lot that I'm willing to go with mm -hmm. just on, on terms like that. Well, and um, also now that the show is so much better, I will cut, a, cut them more slack. Yeah, yeah, uh, yes, me too. Uh, speaking of cutting shows slack, yes. I watched Enemy Within the other night, uh -huh. and, um, you know, there are some really good things in that episode, mm -hmm. and there are some really bad things oh, in that episode. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, uh, you know, I haven't watched it. I think the last time I watched it was when we watched it together, which was probably several years ago. Well, and, I saw when that was uh, on, and for a minute I was going, hey, I'll watch this, and then I realized... No, there's parts of that that really piss me off. Yeah, so, the whole you know, the whole Rand subplot is just awful. It's, it's, it's terrible, and it is the only time I really feel um, sympathy for Rand and genuine anger at Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. Oh, they're just the worst. I mean, probably back in the 60s when this was being filmed, that wasn't considered that unusual to have her oh. questioned by her alleged rapist and his two best friends. Oh, my God. Oh, my oh. God. And, you know, now that more and more people are aware of the trauma and it's not one of those, hey, walk it off things, you know, oh. I, I just can't watch that. Yeah, so that was bad. Mm -hmm. And then... I was surprised by how slow the second half of the episode is. Mm -hmm. It very much felt like they ran out of plot. Uh, there's long scenes of them trying to find the duplicate Kirk down in engineering, and they're kind of, you know, creeping around, yep. and it's so slow. Like, get on with it. And then <laughs> they go to sickbay, and there's a lot of talk, and oh, it's just, it takes forever to get to the resolution. Also, um, why? Okay, so... Sulu's down on the planet and they would have been dead because it was extremely cold like way colder than it could be for human beings and all they had were those like plastic blankets wrapping mm -hmm. them up and he says to Spock you know um, can you beam them Kirk says can you beam them down and Spock says yeah we beamed down some thermo somethings but they didn't work because it was machinery and the mm -hmm. transporter thing was broken and I, and I was thinking well couldn't you just beam them down some cinder blocks or something so they could <laughs> build a shelter <laughs> like more blankets <laughs> or um, 
okay, beam down the blankets or whatever they are, the warming things, and beam down the tools to fix them. Yes, that too. It just, <laughs> there were other they, they, options. There were many other options, none of which they seem to have considered. Mm-hmm. So that that was quite annoying. And yeah, every time Sulu's like, it's 20 below, it's 40 below, it's 70 below. It's like, great, you'd be dead. Yeah. Like You would just be dead at that point. Um, and as I think I've mentioned once before, now whenever I watch Star Trek and there's a scene on the bridge and McCoy just comes sauntering out of the turbo lift just to hang out I'm yelling at him yeah. what are you doing on the bridge get to work are you bored <laughs> I can't even remember what I was what I had on TV earlier but somebody was talking and I was doing things you know on my computer oh. and I just like sort of heard them in an almost unconscious way but it was something I agreed with and so I yelled really loud oh fuck you (laughs) (laughs) the poor dog like perked up what are we doing Yeah. So yes, lots of yelling at the television. Um, I also watched an episode of TNG that was weird, and I can't remember what it's called, but it's the one where they meet the crystalline entity oh, again. Oh yes, yes. And um, it's a pretty good episode, mm-hmm. except that it starts off being a Riker episode, and then halfway through it switches to a Data episode, mm-hmm. and and that really confused me. And uh, I don't know why they did that. It was really weird because it there was no reason for mm-hmm. it. Like it should have been Data from the start. They made this big show out of having Riker be like the the officer who saves everybody's lives except for this one woman that he wants to bang and she gets killed by the entity and, you know, they're down on the planet and he saves everybody and then they beam up to the ship and then suddenly it becomes a data episode. Weird. <laughs> well, I Very saw weird. the end, maybe the last half hour or so of um, Undiscovered Country mm-hmm. the other night and... That's where, you know, Shatner's more playing Shatner than Kirk. But anyway, mm-hmm. when he, you know, bursts into the, the conference and saves the, the Klingon woman and everything like this, and then they stand there while everybody jumps up and applauds, all I could think <laughs> of was the scene in Galaxy Quest. Captain Kirk has saved us! <laughs> <laughs> that would have been better. Well, maybe so, really yes. So funny. Okay, um, let's just do a quick couple of newsy things that before I forget, okay. I feel like I'm going to forget. Um, number one is Bill's doing another Galaxy Con in December, yeah. and it's December 5th, and it's with uh, Kate Mulgrew, so that should be fun, mm-hmm. because they seem to have a good time uh, sparring with each other yes. in these things. So people should go do it. It's free, man, and it's at a better time for West Coasters now. They changed it, so it's not at like nine o'clock in the morning yeah i noticed that on the last one yep yeah so that's good and um patty hawkins who is the moderator he's awesome he's wonderful and funny and we might try to get him on the show yeah yeah he he does a really good job and he even joins in a little when they're talking in a a non-annoying way you know yep he is very good so yeah everybody go sign up it's free and Bill just announced the other day that he's canceling just about all of his stuff through kind of the middle of 2021. He had had a number of public appearances scheduled in Europe, in England, 
I think, to do the Wrath of Khan Q&A mm-hmm. and then some Khan appearances. And now because of COVID, obviously, yeah. it's all off. Yep. So he said he was very sorry, but he has to be careful. And there's no point in having things scheduled when they're probably just not able to happen. Right. So. And if they're scheduled, that probably means they're selling tickets. Mm-hmm. And so then they go through the very pricey... Yeah. Um, having to refund the tickets, you know, to, mm-hmm. to put that all in motion, get people working on that. So I can't say I'm surprised, but I, I do feel sorry for, you know, people who are, I'm sure, very disappointed. Yeah. So I guess for the time being, he's just going to continue to do these monthly Galaxy Con things. And That's fine argue, with me. I love argue them. With peop- argue with people on Twitter and uh, whatever other uh, fun stuff he's got planned that he mm-hmm. can do you know, without interacting. I guess he's going to be filming more unexplained. Ugh. Yeah, well, I don't, <laughs> I don't even watch that. But I did tell um, a friend of mine <laughs> about mm-hmm. the one episode we watched where there was the house built in the shape <laughs> the of an cross. upside-down cross. <laughs> and she went, well, same reaction we had. Well, just turn the camera around. <laughs> that fools nobody. <laughs> I think about that a lot. I, I really do. I just, I can't believe, anyway. Um, Okay, one more thing, which is uh, something people have probably seen, which is that there are Star Trek stamps in England now. Yes. And I have to say, they're pretty good. They're artists' renderings. Mm -hmm. The one of Bill mostly looks like Bill. Uh It's not great. It's, you know, not Bill in the way that we've noted it's a Kirk, not Kirk, right? Right. It pretty much looks like him, but it's not quite there. And I know exactly which photograph they took this from, yeah. right? It's one of the publicity, early publicity photos. And, you know, if you're going to do a painting of a picture, you'd think that it would be closer to the actual picture. Yeah. I don't know. Well, the interesting thing to me is it's not a series of all the captains. It's like right. the ones they felt like doing. Or yes. the characters they liked, you know. So there isn't necessarily every captain. I believe every captain is on it except Pike. Yes, that's correct. But um, you know, the others, it's like okay, here's one person from TNG we liked, and it yeah. isn't you know Picard. It's um, I don't know Beverly Crusher or whatever. <laughs> so interesting stamps. It it's very weird. Um, they included from Discovery, uh, Lorca. Yes. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, Burnham, sure. Mm-hmm. And Ash Tyler. I know. <laughs> He's not in the show anymore. Uh, you'd think they could have put Saru in there. Yeah, well. But then this is the weirdest part, okay? So this is from the website that you sent the link to, which is License Global, mm-hmm. the licensing industry's thought leader. Okay. Uh, it says stamps depict the captains from each Trek series plus additional crew members. And so it's the people you were just talking about. And then it says a further six stamps presented in a miniature sheet. I don't know what that is. Well, stamp features, collectors, you know, they get them in I sheets. Guess, yeah. Um, it features characters from across the movies of the Star Trek franchise. Okay. Mm. Now, I don't understand this sentence at all. Each of the six stamps also highlight British actors portrayed in Star Trek, such as Montgomery Scott. Okay. Well, he was He's Canadian. Canadian. He was Canadian. Yeah. Um, Shinzon. I don't um, know what he is. That was, uh, what the hell is his name? Tom, Tom Hardy, Hardy, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Soren, who was Malcolm McDowell. Okay. Uh, 
Chancellor Gorkon, that was David Warner, right? Is David Warner British? Yes, he oh, is. Okay. Uh, Carol Marcus. Now, I didn't know she was British, but I guess she is. Which Carol Marcus? And I think they mean Carol Marcus. Movie one? In the new, the movie one, the mm, new movie okay. one. I don't remember what her name is. Okay. And Crawl. Who's Crawl? Who's Crawl? <laughs> you know what? He must be in the one that we didn't see at all. <laughs> That's probably true. Oh, I just realized but that. Let's have yeah. a big hand for him. He's British. <laughs> He's British. He's British. But the inclusion of Montgomery Scott when Jimmy Doohan was Canadian. Yes. I mean, are they confusing the fact that Scotty is Scottish? Yeah, with I think so. Actor? I think so. Did they think that was his real accent? <laughs> Well, you know, the people they put in charge of this, they never think to bring in, like, one real Trekkie and say, are we on the right track? It's weird. Um, So it's, uh, if you want to buy it, it's 14 pounds and 80 pence, and you get the whole set Mm. in a nice little cardboard thing. I'm looking at it now, and you can order it from the the Royal Mail, shop.royalmail.com if you want to buy it. I don't know what that is in in uh, dollars. Actually, me neither. Real real money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can also get each of the prints. Well, some of the prints, I should say, as a framed enlarged print. Uh-huh. So you can get the Kirk one. Uh, let's see. It's a limited edition art print of the James T. Kirk special stamp. A limited edition of only four hundred and seventy of them, and it only costs seventy pounds. How did they come up with that number? Four hundred and seventy. I, I don't know, and I don't know what it means. Well, I'm just yeah, thinking of what I know about print runs. Yeah. And, like, you usually maybe run, you know, if it's, it's kind of medium-large, you know, you might run four or eight per sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's a, a really big one, you might only run one per sheet, but usually they're, yeah. they're divisible by four or eight or something like that. I don't know. That's very strange. Okay. Yeah. So there it is, and you can have it. And I have to say, the way I'm looking at it now in in more of a close-up, mm-hmm. it definitely Bill has more of a, a Bill the Cat thing going on. Oh no! It's it's, it's not as bad okay. as the TV Guide cover, but he definitely has sort of like one eye is a little wonky and a little more bigger and intense than the other one. And yeah, it's uh, you know who else yeah. has that at who? certain angles. Uh huh. Um. Uh, Chris Pine. Oh, does he, he does really? I don't think I've ever noticed angles, that. He looks, you know, just so, the one eye is just a little off enough to make him look oh. sort of cross-eyed. I was looking at that Bill the Cat picture the other day, and it just makes me laugh so oh, hard every time I see it. It's awful. Oh, okay, um, let's take a little break, yes. and then we're going to come back, and we're going to we have so much Bill news. Oh, it's yeah. going to be good. Oh yeah. Space, a final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission, to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Listeners, we would love to hear from you. Send us email at lookathisbutt at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook and leave us a comment. Tell us your Trek news.
listeners, we have mentioned before that there's a podcast called uh, Inglorious Trexperts, and it is good, and you should listen to it, although it's a lot to listen to. I mean, I, I dip in and out, and I don't listen to it every week. They cover all of original Trek, I want to say. So they don't talk about Discovery. They don't talk about the movies very much. And they spend a lot of time talking about TOS because they're all uh, of a certain age. Mm -hmm. And so they have most appreciation for that. And the two guys who have been in it a lot were the Altman and Rob Burnett were the guys who directed Free Enterprise. So they know Bill to a certain extent. But Rob Burnett wasn't on this latest episode. He, he's not on every episode, okay. but he's All there right. a lot. Yeah. He, he's sort of a like a a semi regular, I guess. Okay. <laughs> he's more than just a day player. <laughs> he, he's there pretty often. <laughs> okay. Um. So they interviewed this guy. Oh, geez, I'm so bad. Like, what is his name? Uh, David Zapponi, and he is a producer, and he has produced lots of the special DVD releases that have been coming out recently. He he did the DS9 documentary, he's doing one on Voyager, and he produced um, Captains, Bill, Bill's the Captains, and also Chaos on the Bridge. Yes. And I think he's done a few other things as well. So he's been around and done things. You had sent me a note from one of our listeners saying that there's this new release called the captain's collection. And when I had, I had seen like an ad or an article about that. And I thought, Oh, this is just another repackaging of episodes Mm -hmm. that feature each captain. So I never even bothered to read what it was. (laughs) Well, me too, because they're constantly re-releasing all this stuff, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm just not going to, but it is that, but it's better. So, it is, um, if you buy it from Shout Factory, it's five discs, which is a lot of discs, mm-hmm. and it's on Blu-ray. And so here's what you get. Uh, disc one is The Captains. Um, now, and by you also The Captains, get... you mean the interviews Bill did? That's correct. Okay. That was released as a thing called The Captains, yes. which I think was like 90 minutes long. And we've talked about it many times because mm-hmm. it was really good. Um, and there's a making of, and there's a little trailer. Um, in disc two, there's something called the captain's close-up which are more longer interviews with the folks that bill talked to so when they filmed this obviously Mm -hmm. they spent a lot more time with each of the actors than they had time to put in there so they've gone back and they've taken all of this footage and they've devoted i think a half an hour each to to the people that he interviewed so um Pat, sir patrick stewart gets a half an hour and kate mulgrew gets half an hour and scott Bakula gets half an hour and it's stuff that wasn't in the original movie right. um then there's chaos on the bridge on disc three and disc four is more stuff about bill shatner and fans um some other little features that they produced and then there's an exclusive bonus disc, which has the Gonzo Ballet, um, more extended interviews from Walter Koenig and Grace Lee Whitney and our friend Gary Lockwood and Sally Kellerman. Wow. <laughs> There's just a lot of extra stuff in here, which sounds really amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it costs $75 <laughs> for those of you who want to buy it. Right. I'm not going to be buying it for $75, but I sure would love to see some of these Well, extras. you know, in a couple of weeks, you can probably pick it up very much discounted on ebay somebody paid 75 mm-hmm. they they watched it or they you know ripped it to their own dvd and mm-hmm. now they're, they're reselling it so you know 
don't don't put out your seventy five dollars yet. Yeah. Um, I have one so, question about this though. Yes. Because they briefly mentioned it um, on Trexperts. It does it include mm -hmm. the Christopher Plummer interview and. Are there like outtakes and stuff from that? Because I would love to see more of that. I would love to see that too. Now they did mention that in the interview, but I don't see it listed here. Yeah. And I was unclear whether this was like a new interview or whether it's the thing that we watched that was on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. Oh, and and speaking of Gonzo Ballet, now I don't know if what they're showing on their DVDs is kind of like. The making of Gonzo Ballet and, you know, watching him rehearse mm -hmm. and everything, but the actual Gonzo Ballet show that they did is available on Hulu, if you get Hulu. Oh, so, okay. You want to see cool. That. That, that is good to know. Yeah, it's supposed to be very good. The guy that they interviewed, uh, let me look up his name again because it just seems to be leaving out of my brain. David Zapponi. Um, he so he did this great interview on Inglorious Trexperts, and I encourage everybody to go listen to it because he's a pretty good storyteller. Mm -hmm. And boy, did he share lots of stuff that we hadn't heard before. Um, all that stuff about how that final break between Leonard and Bill yes. came about. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, pretty wow. A pretty for wow. That stuff. And I had two thoughts. Um, I was glad at the end of that where, I don't know who it was, one of them pointed out, well, you know, the friendship they had, 50 years, they had ups and downs. And so they mm -hmm. were in a down, and if Leonard had lived, this person believed they would have, you know, smoothed it out, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. would have been very tricky because it went on for so long. But the other thing is, um, I can understand Leonard's in initial anger. But to, to just hang on to that for five years, mm -hmm. I thought that's, you know, that's kind of petty. <laughs> I mean, yeah. especially if this is a person you've been friends with and really care about or did care about. You know, I, I thought about that too. Um, to, to make it short, what we had heard that Bill mentioned, I think, and other people have said mm -hmm. was that, Bill wanted to film Leonard for um, Chaos on the Bridge, I think, and the Captains, and Leonard didn't want to. And there were a lot of reasons. Many of, most of it was because he was not doing well at that mm -hmm. time. Like you know, well. he 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 wasn't feeling up to it. And Bill kept insisting, and eventually ended up filming him without his permission. So Leonard got very very angry about that, mm -hmm. and you know it. I agree with you. It seems like a petty thing, but I wonder if it was just the last in a series of incidents where Bill did something that Leonard told him not to. Maybe so. And, and he was forgiven. And then it happened again, and he was forgiven, mm. and it happened again, and he was forgiven. And then this was just, you know, the tenth time where Leonard said, please don't do this, and Bill did it anyway. And then he just said, you know what? I'm sick of your shit. And that was it. I didn't even think of that. That's, that's a really I, good point. I, I could see that happening, but we'll, I mean, we don't know because Leonard's dead now right. and Bill probably doesn't know, like not self-aware enough mm -hmm. to know, or if he did, he's not going to talk about it. But I thought it was <laughs> their description of Bill, like just talking about him as, as Bill mm -hmm. and not as Captain Kirk or anything was really um, 
amazing to me, you know, saying he's always got something going, right? Yeah. He's always got a project. And whenever anybody approaches him about anything, the first thing he says is, is there any money yep. in it? <laughs> but I also liked when they talked about, you go to Bill's office and, you know, Bill's there, of course, and the phone is ringing and, you know, emails mm-hmm. and, and people and everything. And he's got 12 things going on at once because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I always wondered okay these actors they get an office on the you know Paramount mm-hmm. lot what do they do there <laughs> now I don't know about people who are just actors maybe they sit there and read the scripts that have been submitted to them but you know like they were saying Bill always has projects and you know he's he's producing and he's directing so I could totally see that Oh, it, it just, it sounded amazing, you know, that he, he really is this sort of dynamo mm-hmm. of doing things and always having uh, seven projects going at once and maybe not all of them work out, right? right? Because I'm sure there's lots of stuff that hasn't worked out, but if he's got seven things going, probably two of them will land and that's good enough. Right. So you always got to be putting stuff out there and putting stuff out there and putting stuff out there and that he really got involved in all of the the things, mm-hmm. right? Like for the captains anyway, it could have been where the crew set up these interviews and he just walked into them and did it. Right. And then he left at the end of the day. But no, of course, because he's Bill. That's not the way he does things. Mm-hmm. And he came up with all these ideas about where he should be talking to people and what they should be doing and the little introductions to them. And then the idea that he would be sitting in that box. Yes. Like we talked about that when we watched it. That was his idea. Yeah, go like, get me a box. Find me a box. Yes. Yeah. So I, that's kind of amazing that he, he really throws himself into these projects that are that he could be phoning in, right? He could be phoning all this stuff in. And most people probably wouldn't know the difference, but, but he'll never do that. He'll always jump into it feet first. Well, you know, I'm thinking of uh, children's horse cheering. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people, well-known people do these sort of things. And, and they're like the head of it, but the head of it who does nothing. The head emeritus. Mm-hmm. But, you know, mm-hmm. Bill is doing the, the publicity. And, you know, nagging his friends to come, you know, be the the special guest. Mm -hmm. And he's at the show. He's doing things. He does the whole dinner. It's not like he drops in, takes some applause, and talks about the Mm -hmm. charity, and then he's gone. He's there the whole time. Mm Mm-hmm. And that shows commitment. That shows this is important to him. Yeah. It, it all of this stuff is important to him mm-hmm. it seems like any project that that he picks up on is something that he will commit to and see it through until the end it was really good to hear that and i'm so glad that whoever talked him into doing those two documentaries did it um and i hadn't realized that he did raw nerve after he did the captains in that that the captains kind of led into that, right? Mm. Like he got a taste for interviewing and then he decided he was going to do an interview show. And he's going to do great. another one now. Yeah, I can't wait for that. I love so Nerve. It, it was an eye-opener to see how good he is at just mm-hmm. zeroing in on one person and, you know, pulling things out of him, not in a nasty way or anything, mm-hmm. but just really having a, a sit-down, good chat with somebody. Yeah. I was very interested to hear them talk about the interview with Avery Brooks mm-hmm. because as everyone has noticed uh, Avery Brooks is a bit of a, a odd character. He's a wacko. <laughs> he's, he's definitely wacky 
And in the captain's interview, half of it is him sort of free associating and playing the piano. Mm -hmm. And half of it is him actually talking about the show. And they were saying that Bill was totally fine with that. You know, he was able to just roll with it Mm -hmm. and make it interesting and not get put off by the fact that it wasn't a straight up interview the way it was with everybody else. And that made me feel really good because I had kind of wondered what his reaction to that was. But I think he was into it. He just was like, "Okay, this is what we're doing today. And that's that's cool. There was um, one of the guys had an insight that it kind of made me go, oh, wow. Yeah, he was saying, as we know. Bill does not watch Star Trek or pretty much watch Mm. anything he's in. Mm -hmm. He has said he doesn't like to watch himself, but one of the guys was saying he thought it was so sad that Bill did not watch, like, TOS, so Mm. that he could see what he did with that character Mm. that Mm -hmm. touched so many of us. You know, that he, he, he built that. I mean, there were there were writers, there were producers, but you know, the heart of that came out of Bill's imagination. And it it is sad that he, you know, he's like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm I know it led to a lot of lot of good things mm-hmm. for me, and that people love it. But you know, if he could get just a small inkling of how unique that work was. But as an actor, I don't think he can do that. I know it is so I- hard. I do not like to watch myself. I think if he watched himself in Star Trek, he would be so busy critiquing his own performance Mm -hmm. and questioning all his choices and picking out all the flaws. He could never really focus on that thing you were just saying, that that why it's so special to people. Yeah, I know. Because the the few times he has watched himself, he said, you know, you sit there going, oh, why did they choose that take? I did a better take. Or Mm -hmm. I could have done that so much better, you know. Mm-hmm. You you can't, unless you're a really remarkable person, you can't get that distance. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree. It's kind of sad, but I also, I understand it. Yeah, I do and too. it's good. I just wish, I don't know, the same thing he was saying, I, I think, you know. But I think he's come to terms with it more, you know, now that he's decided that fandom is okay. Mm-hmm. In all of the the interviews and doing Get a Life and, and going to cons and, and talking, I think talking with all the other captains actually helped him yes. to understand that more. Right, because what for, it really means to people. For so long, his view was, I think, these fans are just a bunch of crazy people, mm-hmm. needy people, broken people. And... I don't think he believes that anymore, but one of the reasons I wish he could see a little bit of what we see, if he could see it through our eyes, Mm. and see what a wonderful thing he did, and that is what brought these people together. Not that they're Mm -hmm. all weirdos and living in their mom's basements or anything like that. It was this incredible character, Mm -hmm. but not going to happen. No, but that's okay. I, I think, uh, you know, they were saying um, on the podcast that Scott Bakula had never met Bill before and he was very, very nervous. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder if that really meant something to Bill to meet someone else who was an actor in the franchise, who was a fan, who had a similar 
role to him, mm-hmm. like being the captain and being in charge and, and just getting a taste of what Kirk meant to Scott Bakula yeah. going into that role because there was such a difference, right? With with Sir Patrick Stewart, I decided I have to call him Sir Patrick Stewart all the time now okay. because it, it just cracks me up. So um, he, you know, he had a long career and it was quite soon, relatively speaking, for TNG after TOS. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he was inspired by Kirk, mm-hmm. right? In in the way that the, the younger actors might have been inspired mm-hmm. by Shatner as Kirk when they were taking on their roles. Well, you and I have seen or read interviews with some of the people who were virtually extras on um, mm-hmm. the uh, opening scenes of Undiscovered Country. And mm-hmm. they've all said pretty much the same thing. It was so amazing to get in that costume, to step onto the set, and then Kirk comes in. And it's <laughs> what we all always wanted. To be yeah. there, a member of the crew, on the bridge with Kirk. Mm-hmm. And they all felt it because they were yeah. of that age, you know? Yeah, yeah. I know I would I feel think, it. <laughs> oh, I would definitely feel it. Well, I think I get a very similar feeling with Pike, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think it must be similar if if you're a fan, as most of the actors are who are in Discovery now. Mm-hmm that you would get to be on Pike's ship yep. and you'd be there on your on the bridge and he comes on and it's like oh my god it's Captain Pike it's the guy right. like that would be incredible well and if you're in this show where you're playing this guy who is a really great captain who always has the solutions and everything and your crew loves you you might think that all stops when you leave the set but it's been filmed mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we're part of the crew. And we love you. Mm-hmm. We don't see you, you know, oh, God, they've this goofy makeup or any of that. We're seeing the finished product of this amazing captain who leads everyone and solves every problem. Yeah. I think Anson Mount has said in a couple of interviews he was not prepared for that. <laughs> I think Anson Mount, as an actor analytically knows this is a role that is going to be different from every other role that I've ever had. Mm-hmm. You know, I did things and people were fans and that was good, but doing Star Trek and being the captain of a starship in Star Trek is a completely different thing. That's right. So I think he knew that, but I don't think he was actually prepared for the emotional response that people were going to have oh, and, yeah. and continue to have, and which is going to hit him like a tidal wave if Strange New Worlds is good, right? Yep. Like, this is the thing that is fundamentally going to change him and his life forever. He is the most Kirk-like um, mm-hmm. of, of any of the captains, you know, playing the yeah. strength and the humor and the humanity and making the tough decisions. And yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad that Saru referenced that yes. in Discovery, saying that Pike made it look so effortless. Like, mm-hmm. yep, that's exactly the point. That was the whole thing. Yep. Was that he made it look easy, even though it was the hardest thing. I wonder if, uh, you know, Paramount, CBS, if they should provide, like, therapy for the actors. <laughs> <laughs> So as they go back into their daily lives mm-hmm. after being in Star Trek, they can kind of cope with all the stuff that's going to happen afterwards. Well, know. you know, maybe they should, but, you know, you hear about a lot of actors who, you know, say the hours are so long, the schedule's so demanding, and that's what 
led Leonard into alcoholism. He has said so. Yeah. And a lot of them have that. And Bill has said, yeah, it destroys um, your family, your 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 mm-hmm. marriage, what you know, anything in your personal life. It's do the show, do the show, do the show. Find some way to, you know, blow off some steam and then do the show some more, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope that they take good care of them. And I can't wait for Strange New Worlds. It's going to be so know. good. But I don't think they've even started filming. I don't know if they've even got scripts. I don't. I think they're working on them right now. It's going to be a while. I'll get back to work. It's okay. (laughs) We have Discovery. Speaking of Star Trek, which is a show we both enjoy Mm -hmm. very much, this article that you found at uh, SlashFilm.com is so good. It's called The Quarantine Stream. Over 50 years after it aired, Star Trek remains one of the greatest TV shows of all time. And... Boy, isn't that true. It's so true. It is such a fantastic article, and it's written by a guy named Jacob Hall. Mm-hmm. And this is the, um, it's a new series. So this was their first article for this, where the, the film team shares what they've been watching while social distancing during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he goes into, man, just everything. Um talking about you know why we love it and he goes when you actually you know he goes people make fun of it you know and uh, yeah 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 you know the the later series was so much better but he says but when you actually watch it whether for the first time or the hundredth and you and I are both well beyond the hundredth (laughs) it's astonishing how fresh weird sexy funny and thrilling the whole thing really is yes so true mm-hmm. so very true oh it's it's a great article I'm, I'm looking through more of it yeah yeah well i like that he points out um you never know what you're going to get with an episode of star That's trek right. is it going to be a thoughtful emotional chronicle of tough moral choices like city on the edge of forever is it going to be a wild fantastical slice of horny pulp adventure yes. like a muck time <laughs> Is it going to be an edge-of-your-seat Cold War thriller like Balance of Terror? Is it going to be a B-movie action romp that is also a scathing condemnation of war like Arena? <laughs> or, or hell, how about The Changeling, which is just a pulse-pounding and smart tale of AI gone mad, predating <laughs> 2001 Space Odyssey HAL 9000? Star Trek is never content to be one thing. It wants to be all things, and it manages to pull that off with aplomb. And, you know, he talks about there are... Uh crap episodes but then he says honestly (laughs) having bad track to complain about is often as much fun as praising the good stuff (laughs) god knows that is true true. absolutely true yes um and then he he says one of the most satisfying things about that original star trek is the characters who might as well be carved out of Marvel <laughs> for how singularly iconic they have become in the pop culture pantheon um Captain James T. Kirk is passionless, righteous, and proud, a two-fisted leader who is never afraid to ask mm. from help when the going gets tough. Yeah. And I, I thought it was interesting what he has to say about Spock, the greatest mm-hmm. science fiction creation of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Um, looms over them all. And this, I think, exactly describes... Leonard's performance, played with grace and astonishing commitment by the late, great Leonard Nimoy, 
The Vulcan science officer is hilarious and tragic, a terrific action hero and a man who values thought before violence, a character who works because his creators invested in him a total sincerity. Spock mm-hmm. doesn't wink. The show doesn't wink at him. We take him seriously and love him for it. Mm-hmm. Yep, all of that. That is all really, really true. And I, I feel like maybe that's where Discovery has finally ended up, mm-hmm. is that they're taking it very seriously. It's it's like more sincere now than it was. Because it did feel a little bit winky, didn't it? With all the Mirror Universe stuff yeah. and Lorca and all of that. And they've abandoned that. And now it's just kind of, okay, let's invest in our characters straight ahead. We're not winking at anything yep. anymore. And I, I like... I'm going to just read the last paragraph. It's very short. So understand that Star Trek wasn't made for modern sensibilities. Understand that you will occasionally cringe. Understand that, yes, season three is largely bad, (laughs) thanks to behind-the-scenes struggles. But also understand that this show shattered the mold for a reason. And those reasons remain as clear as the stars in the sky. Yeah. That's true. Well, you know what I think? You know, we're all still too close to the 60s, most of us, or Mm -hmm. many of us, um, to not cringe a little, you know, at the sexism and, you know, Mm -hmm. some of those other things. But then think of Shakespeare. And you look at Taming of the Shrew and you're going, my God, what a sexist thing this is, a woman (laughs) being forced into marriage, and he basically beats her and everything, and it's it's wonderful, it's Shakespeare. And so, you know, people have overcome that, because it is great, and we're, Mm -hmm. I bet, you know, if there had been any feminists around then, or maybe 50 years later, they'd be going, oh my God, Bill Shakespeare was such a pig. Look at the stuff he wrote. <laughs> but, you know, as time goes on, you recognize what's good, mm-hmm. and you work with the stuff that might turn your audience off. Or you put it out there as it is and let them whine, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep, it, it is. I mean, there's a difference, I think, between saying, well, it was a product of its time and excusing this stuff, because you're not excusing Mm-mm. it, right? You're, no. you're you're pointing to it and going, this part sucks, mm-hmm. and then the rest of it is really good, and let's appreciate the parts that are good. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to... Um... Oh, I wanted to, to read the comments, because there are only four of them. Oh, okay. Okay, uh, first guy, Joe Fiore. I feel bad for the small-minded fools who can't <laughs> see past 1960s special effects. Then the next one, Ethan Razel. Yes, yes, a thousand times yes. Just wondering. Great tech. Take. Trek deserves a look. Of course I am a fan, but you are spot on to point to the pieces of gold in those 60s-era mm. episodes. More than 50 years, that alone speaks volumes and the last oh, one so is true. uh peter dayspring the one that started it all and it was kirk not pike that <laughs> got the enterprise ncc 1701 out of space dock to begin its long television and movie journey that continues to this day and mm-hmm. i was going to post just so there'd be a female voice in there but you mm-hmm. have to set up an account i'm going i'm i'm over setting up accounts you know just to say <laughs> man you're right you know so but I was glad that in those comments, there's none of this, oh, it's so crappy, and blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. none of the victory. This was like, and I felt exactly like they felt, you know. Yep, mm-hmm. you are so right. 
totally. And yes, I, I like that the last person wants to emphasize it was Kirk, not Pike. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have a different Pike now, yes. but it, it, yeah, it was all the things that came together in that original trek. It's true about the 50 years. I guess I don't think about that very much because it never seems like it's 50 years, even though it is actually 50 years. It's more than 50 but the, years. It's 60 yeah. now. Oh, God. But the fact that we're watching these episodes and still loving them and enjoying them and... Finding things in them. Finding new things in them. Yeah. It makes it really special. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel good. I like Star Trek. It's such a good show. And I especially like Captain Kirk and William Shatner. You know, I have grown to so love him for his his energy and his craziness and his (laughs) determination just you know running all over hollywood making things happen trying to get money for his projects and and then doing q and a with students in a, a a film program in some tiny little college in new hampshire on his on day off yes. you know um i love him for that and we got an email from a fan who talked a little bit about it and one of the things she said was um bill said to them you know, they're in this film class. He said, we hadn't, I had nothing like, and I think I may have even talked about this, at least with you now. And for the past, I don't know, 15, 20 years, all the universities offer uh, degrees in musical theater and you take Mm -hmm. the dancing and the singing and the acting classes and everything. And I'm going, what we got as far as degrees, it was like musical theater. No, we're not doing that. You know, it really was kind of looked down on, Mm -hmm. but the opportunities uh, that young people have now, and I hope when I hope theater is going to come back, so there will continue to be opportunities. But also, um, regional theater and community theater got so much better. And you, mm-hmm. as, a, as a, a young person, could audition, maybe get in the course, maybe get a small role. But you're working with professional actors, and we just did not have that mm-hmm. opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I was glad Bill pointed that yeah, out to there's them, such, that you had to fumble uh, around and find your own way. Nobody was telling yeah. you how to find an agent or anything. Mm-hmm. Well, the fact that social media and, and internet has made it possible, mm-hmm. I don't want to say easy, but possible to communicate with people who could actually give you some advice right. and, and help you through things is kind of amazing, yes. right? Because that was never possible before. If you, you wrote a letter to someone, would you get an answer? Maybe. Maybe yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, it is good. All right. Well, we should wrap this up because we're, we're, we're running going over long, time. But this has been... This has been super fun. So everybody keep watching Discovery. It's really good. Let us know what you think about Discovery. Um, Let us know what kinds of crappy Trek Christmas gifts you're buying for yourself or for other people because there sure are a lot of them out there. Yes, and and yours has arrived. Yes, um, I am very excited and and yours will be going off in the mail pretty soon. So that's going to be good. Yeah, and uh, let us know what else is going on in the world of Trek that you want us to investigate. And do listen to that podcast because I I think you will all enjoy it very much. Yes, it's not just a rehash of the stuff we know. There's a lot of stuff in there that we haven't heard. So Mm -hmm. you probably haven't heard. Yes. So in the meantime, everybody take care of yourselves, wash your hands, wear your masks, because we're not out of that yet. Mm-hmm. And um, if, and have a, a lovely, if you're American, have a nice Thanksgiving, which is next week. Safely. Yes. Have a safe Thanksgiving. I will be uh, social isolating. 
So maybe I'll actually <laughs> answer emails. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just post stuff. Everybody send us stuff to the Facebook group, yeah. too, because we love having things posted yeah. there. It's very good. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for continuing to, to listen. We love you all. We love having you as our friends, our virtual friends. Yes. And live long and potluck. Thank you.